welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, and today I'm doing this show all by myself. That's right, the draft was so great, it blew Matt's head off. That's right, he's deceased, he's no longer with us, his head is no longer on his shoulders. It was that good. I'm kidding. Conflicts of uh, schedule here today, the show must go on. It's after the biggest weekend of the year for us Dynasty players. It's a draft weekend, so here I am. And I have a lot to talk about because we just had the NFL draft. So let's just dive right into it and start talking about it, shall we? Now, the first thing that pops out of my head is, a lot of the running backs that we've been talking about that we should be worried about came out relatively clean. Chicago, Jeremy Langford. Clean for the most part. Miami, Jay Jai. Cleveland, Duke Johnson, Isaiah Carell. Washington, Matt Jones. Oakland, Latavius Murray. Uh, a lot of these guys that were looking over their shoulders that we were really worried about came out okay. Now, again, Long-term plays here, these, guys, these teams were still worried about them. They still have a little bit of a challenge on their hands. And remember, next year's draft class is pretty sexified. So if some of these guys that we just mentioned here, except for maybe Duke Johnson, uh, if they have a good year and not great year, you might want to be selling. But let's get into the draft itself. First off the board, uh, fantasy asset-wise, is Ezekiel Elliott. Just like we said last week, is the hype train too much? Is it out of control? No, because if you didn't buy Zeke Elliott before, good luck buying him now. Again, I, I tweeted out earlier this week saying that Zeke Elliott could be arguably the number one dynasty running back before he ever takes a snap. Is that ludicrous? Is that crazy talk? Do I have no idea what the heck I'm talking about? Maybe. But here's my case. You have Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Those are going to be his major competition here. Now, Todd Gurley, if you're playing in the PPR league, doesn't catch a lot of balls. As a matter of fact, he only averaged about two uh, passes thrown his way a game last year. Le'Veon Bell, is he dynamic? Is he great? Yes. When he plays, he's the number one fantasy running back out there. But the problem is, Le'Veon Bell hasn't finished a year the last two years. Hashtag two to three year, two to three year window here, people. And guess what? You could be the best fantasy player in the world, but if you're not there when I'm come playoff time, well, what what are you doing me? The best ability is reliability. And Le'Veon Bell kind of hurts you when it comes to the playoffs. Now, again, you can't predict injuries, but that's my case for Ezekiel Elliott. He's a three-down back. He's a stud. He does everything well. He's going to a team with an established quarterback in Tony Romo a good wide receiver, stud wide receiver in Des Bryant, and a good tight end in Jason Wynn. He's going to a team that knows they have to run the ball to find success with one of the best offensive lines in all of football. Zeke Elliott is going to beast year one and for years to come. We're talking about a running back here that if, the, if he was in a 2017 class with Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Chris McCaffrey, Nick Chubbs, He'd still be the number one running back taken. Likely, he would be the number one running back taken still. So, again, Zeke Elliott, dream scenario. If you have 1-1, one, one, God bless you. You're a lucky son of a gun. 
He's a true running back that you build your franchise around. And if you didn't get him again, the price is probably too high. But I'm still trying. I'm still hoping. And again, he he's a difference maker. He's he's somebody in a couple of years. He's he's going to probably be the number one dynasty running back. If not, he's going to be the top three fantasy running back probably for years to come. PPR all around. Doesn't matter how you play it. The guy's the real deal. Holyfield. So let's talk about this draft, shall we? Uh, besides, we get the after we move past Ezekiel Elliott. Guess what? After Ezekiel Elliott, there's everybody else. And going into this year, we kind of poo-pooed on this draft a little bit, saying, hey, this draft class is a little weaker. 17's where it's at. And then the more we dug into it, we're like, hey, I mean, this draft class is a little bit better than we thought it would be. And then now after the draft, you're sitting here going, okay, maybe maybe it's not that great. You got a lot of mediocre talent there uh, later in the draft. And definitely when you get past, like, pick, when you get to around pick eight, you're like, oh, man. Who am I taking here? Who do I like? And for some people, it's going to be different than others. And there's some good talent here. We're going to hit on some of these guys. But again, the draft class kind of solidified. You know, we let our we let that rookie hype train build us up. Like, hey, this is looking pretty good. And then the draft comes, you're like, hey, maybe not. There's guys that now, you know, we liked Alex Collins before, and now he's the third running back at, you know, likely best here on a depth chart in Seattle. So it's going to be kind of like one of those things where you're like, all right, who do I like here in the later rounds? But we're going to try and hit on some of these guys. And then coming up in the future episodes, we're really going to break down each position group and each player and why you should or should not draft this guy. So today's a rookie breakdown. And coming up, we're going to be doing rookie running backs, rookie receivers, rookie tight ends and quarterbacks, and give you an in-depth analysis on every single guy. So when your rookie draft comes, you're prepared to make the best decision possible and put you in a position for a long-term success. So looking at it here, the next people off your board after Zeke Elliott, it's going to be kind of a personal preference here. You're going to have to choose between Laquan Treadwell, Corey Coleman, and Josh Dotson. Those are the three next players that should be coming off every rookie board in some order. Uh, I know some people are going to prefer Dotson, some people are going to prefer Coleman, some people are going to prefer Treadwell. The way I have it ranked personally, my personal big board as of right now, is going to be Zeke Elliott 1, Laquan Treadwell 2, Corey Coleman 3, Josh Dotson 4. Again, if you took Josh Dotson 2 overall, I wouldn't yell at you. I've been a big fan of Josh Dotson for a while now, and if you've been listening to the podcast, you, you know that. So. Laquan Treadwell, number two. Laquan Treadwell goes to the Minnesota Vikings. You have Norv Turner there. You have a very strong run game there. You have Stephon Diggs to offset you, and you got a quality quarterback in Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Norv Turner knows how to get his stud receiver the football, and that's what Laquan Treadwell is. I don't care about no stinking 40 times. I saw this guy dominate the SEC. Guy's a stud. Put him out there in Minnesota. Give him a dome. Give him Adrian Peterson, give him Stefan Diggs and Teddy B, and I'm happy for years to come. The guy's going to help my fantasy team. He's going to help it for a long time. Real happy with Laquan Treadwell at one, two. Again, I'm happy with any way you want to kind of push it, really, because I can make a case for all these guys. I love Corey Coleman in Cleveland. Does Cleveland have a lot of talent? Hail to the no, but guess what? Corey Coleman's going to see like 100 targets year one. That could put him in wide receiver two category as a rookie. The guy's dynamic. He'll be the number one receiver on the team instantly. So 
again, you're going to get a playmaker who's going to see a lot of targets, who's going to catch a lot of balls. Those are all things that add up to you winning fantasy titles, which I personally love to do. So sign me up on the Corey Coleman train. And then you have Josh Dotson, one of the most dynamic receivers in this whole entire draft, going to Washington with Kirk Cousins. But, you know, you got Deshaun Jackson's older. Pierre Garçon's really older. And then you got, again, kind of like Cleveland, a good tight end in Jordan Reed. And that's probably it. So Josh Dotson in a year or two is going to be the number one receiver on that team with a better quarterback than Corey Coleman. So it's going to be like, who do you who do you like? Now in the Nerds League, for example, I have pick one three. And the guy who has two said he was going to take a running back, but he said that a while ago. I think by the time the draft comes along, he's going to kind of change his tune on it. So say he takes uh say he takes Corey Coleman at two. And then Treadwell and Dotson are on the board. It puts me in a predicament there because I have Stephon Diggs. I don't really want to double up Minnesota receivers there, so maybe I take Josh Dotson there. I'd probably still take Treadwell. But if he did take a running back there, and say he does take Kenneth Dixon, for example, because he needs a running back so bad and just makes a terrible decision and reaches, I might lean Corey. I'd probably take Corey Coleman, one, because he's on the best football team in the world, and two, because I already have Stephon Dix. So I don't think there's any really wrong choice there between Dotson, Coleman, and Treadwell. I think they're all in great positions. I like all their landing spots. I think it's they're all quality fantasy receivers, and I think they will all help your team. So for me, the top four picks is where it's at this year in this rookie class. And I'm in a dynasty league, and this morning I made a trade where I gave up 1-8, 1-10, and 1-12 for pick 1-3, a 2017 second, and pick 3-3. I love my side of the trade. I'm giving a whole bunch of guys that I'm not really overly confident in for some of them to be really confident in at 1-3. And then next year's rookie class at second, which is probably going to be a high second, I feel like I'm going to get a really good quality player better than anybody can get at one twelve. So I think I kind of won that trade pretty handily, personally. But again, I'm the one that made the trade. So I think those top spots are really good spots. Again, Laquan Treadwell at Norv Turner in that offense should really help him. Norv does really good things with number one receivers. Corey Coleman's going to see tons of targets in Cleveland's, Cleveland. He's a playmaker. He's dynamic. He runs really good with the ball after after the catch. I think he's somebody that's going to be somebody that produces and might be the number one fantasy receiver out of this rookie class in his rookie year. Uh, long-term value, again, I'm a huge Treadwell fan. I have been that way, and that's why I hold him at the number two spot. And then Josh Dotson in Washington, again, a dynamic playmaker with Kirk Cousins. If he can get him the ball, will make big plays. So you have a really strong group there. Now, when you get after that group, I feel like the next category you're going to have is Sterling Shepard and Michael Thomas from Ohio State. Two really good players in two really good spots. You got Sterling Shepard, one of the best route runners in his class, who does everything really, really well. He's a really good football player. And the Sterling Shepard hype train's been going for months now. And he lands in a perfect situation opposite of Odell Beckham, looking to take over that Victor Cruz role. So you have Odell Beckham, the number one receiver you got to lock down on, and you got Sterling Shepard who does everything really well and does runs really good rights, routes. You kind of be like a Jarvis Landry out there in, in New York. And he's somebody that's going to come in and produce probably right away as well. What's the ceiling on Sterling Shepard? Wide receiver two? What's the floor? 
likely wide receiver three. Real solid, safe pick here if you're going to take him at five. You can't go wrong. Me, personally, at five, I'm taking Michael Thomas. I'm reaching for the stars. You got Brandon Cooks to offset him, but New Orleans, Brandon Cooks is like a really good two receiver who put up, you could put up wide receiver one fantasy numbers, but for an NFL team, he's likely a really good number two receiver. You like to have a good big play receiver off to offset him. And that's where Michael Thomas comes in. And with Drew Brees playing that dome, Michael Thomas is really set up here to be a really quality fantasy receiver. He put up big numbers for a long time. So, where I feel still in Shepard's the safer pick here, I'd probably gamble on Michael Thomas in here at five and take Michael Thomas. But again, two good receivers in two really good spots. Like it a lot. Like it a ton, actually. Uh, again, I think with Michael Thomas, he could be a number one receiver there. I think Marcus Colston in his prime. Drew Brees is extremely accurate, and Michael Thomas catches the ball very, very well. Again, Sterling Shepard's got Eli Mann and Odell Beckham offset him. So, again, pick your poison. But I think those guys, for me, are clear-cut, you know, five and six. Which one do you like? Which one do you prefer? I'm still not going running back here. I'm still taking these guys. So those are my top six players in that order. Zeke Elliott after the draft. Laquan Treadwell. Corey Coleman. Josh Dotson. Michael Thomas. Sterling Shepard. Six guys. Six guys that feel comfortable with it. And then when you get after that, it's kind of like, okay, where do I go? Who am I taking? For me, it's Kenneth Dixon. Uh, we were talking about where I'd like to see Paul Perkins land. Well, Kenneth Dixon landed in Baltimore instead of Paul Perkins, and I really, really like Kenneth Dixon there in Baltimore. I mean, who's Kenneth Dixon's competition? Yeah, they've been blown up on running backs. You have Lorenzo Taliaferro there. He's not the answer. Justin Forsett, pretty old, and not the long-term factor. Otherwise, they wouldn't be bringing all these running backs. They brought in Trent Richardson, but we all know the Trent Richardson story, and it's an ugly one. You know, he's lost weight. He's, got, he's, he's more fit. Heck, he might even run faster, but guess what? He's going right, to run faster right into the backs of his offensive linemen because the guy can't see a hole the size of the Pacific Ocean. Terrible. He's terrible. I want nothing to do with Trent Richardson, nothing whatsoever. And I do want Kenneth Dixon. He's still my number two dynasty running back. He is. And I'll tell you why Derrick Henry hasn't done anything for me as well. I'm going to get a little bit more in-depth about the Derrick Henry situation here coming up. But Kenneth Dixon, he goes in the fourth round, 4-3-6, 36 pick in the fourth round to Baltimore. And I'm thinking Ray Rice. I'm thinking Ray Rice in his prime. Kenneth Dixon does everything well, catches the ball really well, can run between the tackles. Uh, having Ray Rice to know exactly how to use Kenneth Dixon, I don't see any major threats there in Baltimore to kind of beat him out. I mean, who... Who scares you in Baltimore that Kenneth Dixon can't beat out? I'm waiting. Come on, talk into your headphones. Tell me who you're talking about. That's right, nobody. Because if you mention somebody, you're wrong. Kenneth Dixon is the guy to own in Baltimore. I'm a big fan. I think he's a producer year one. I think he's clear-cut the number two fantasy running back in my eyes. Yeah, he went the fourth round. I don't care. Doesn't mean anything to me. Still love him. Where Thomas Rawls go? Where'd David Johnson go in the draft? That's right, late. So, yeah, Kent Dixon, Ray Rice, give me the comps. Love him in Baltimore. Good spot for him. 
Number two, draft him. Smile when you draft him. Give yourself a, a personal high five and pat on the back and walk away happy. If you need a running back, he's a really good target to get. And again, Ken Dixon can't say enough about him. Think it's a great landing spot for him in Baltimore. So what about Derrick Henry, say, the number two running back? The guy that we've been dissing forever, for months now on the fantasy pro- on a Dynasty Nerds podcast here? Again, Derrick Henry is somebody that's going to help an NFL team. I'm not willing to gamble Derrick Henry in, for my fantasy team. He's going to be touchdown dependent. And people are saying, oh, what about DeMarco Murray? They, well, they just traded for DeMarco Murray. You think DeMarco Murray is not going to start? DeMarco Murray is a better running back. I mean, you have Derrick Henry. Yeah, he's a big dude, and he runs a 4-5-4. Four, four. But still, and he was a number 45 pick, second-round pick, going to Tennessee just after they trade for DeMarco Murray. But I think they're doing this as insurance. I mean, who else do they have? Bishop Renke? Psh, no thanks. That guy's probably not going to make the roster. David Cobb? Puh. 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 Give me a piece of corn to Cobb. Prefer that much better than David Cobb. So Derrick Henry goes there. I think they're more as insurance. He's a good running back, but, I mean, he's not doing any blocking. Derrick Henry's not catching any footballs. The guy had 17 career catches. 17 career catches. And Derrick Henry's the type of running back, yes, they invested in the offensive line uh, there in Tennessee. But, again, he needs somebody that needs a hole. He's a north-south runner, all right? He's not doing anything overly exciting. He's not going to be a big fantasy scorer in my eyes. And guess what? DeMarco Murray is only 28. And DeMarco Murray catches the ball pretty well, all right? DeMarco Murray just signed a four-year deal there, $25.5 million with $12.5 million guaranteed. $6 million guaranteed this year, six point five guaranteed next year. So the next two years of DeMarco Murray's contract are guaranteed. DeMarco Murray is going to be the starter in Tennessee for the next two years. Again, Derrick Henry can't catch the ball. DeMarco Murray can. He had 44 catches last year in Philadelphia. He had 57 catches for 416 yards in 2014. He had 53 catches in 13 for 350 yards. So he's going to a Titans team that was 25th in Russian as a team. And they were 28th in attempts last year with 23.2 attempts per game. So established. So apparently by getting Derrick Henry, they want to establish a run. I think that's what the Derrick Henry pick was. They're getting a really good college running back, a good running back, that will help them establish a run. Somebody that could spell Derrick Henry. Somebody that can keep, I mean, spell DeMarco Murray. And somebody that can keep DeMarco Murray fresh. So I think this is more about protecting their investment in DeMarco Murray than anything else. I think he was the best player on their board, so they took the best player on their board in Derrick Henry. They want to establish the run more. They want to protect Marcus Mariota. So if you're going to run the ball more, if you want to jump up from that abysmal 28th in attempts from the league and get up to around 14, 13, you can't just beat DeMarco Murray into the ground. You're going to need to be able to spell him. Maybe use Derrick Henry on goal lines. I think that's where it is. So if you're a DeMarco Murray owner, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's, you don't have to be jumping ship on DeMarco Murray. Actually, I think now is the time to buy DeMarco Murray. I think I'm putting trade offers out there for DeMarco Murray and putting feelers out there and see if I can get him on the cheap. People are like, oh, he's only got a year. He's got, I'm telling you, he's got two years. His contract's guaranteed for next year, so they're paying him. So he's, to me, he's got two years. He's 28. He's going to be in his prime. And they put him to that dreaded age of 30. Then they cut bait. Then maybe they go with Derrick Henry and draft a guy that catches the ball well. 
But two years is a long time in fantasy football. Two quality years uh, to Marco Murray is a long time. Remember, people think, people say this all the time, like, oh, he's only got two to three years left. Two to three years is a long time in fantasy football. It's a lifetime. If you win three championships a row in your league, they're going to be talking about you for years. You're a legend. Three ships in a row. That's quality. That's hard to do. Definitely in an established dynasty. It's really hard to do. So if you get two years of a running back one, then you should be all happy. But you should be very happy about that. Same thing with Adrian Peterson. How many more years does Adrian Peterson have? Two? Do you want Adrian Peterson on your roster? Yes. Yes, you do. We all do. Now, is DeMarco Murray Adrian Peterson? No. DeMarco Murray is only two years removed from being one of the top fantasy running backs in all of fantasy football. And he's going to a team that doesn't have stud receivers. I mean, we all love DGB and Dorio Green Beckham, but is he established? No. They have Rashard Matthews. They have Kendall Wright. None of these guys are established. They're going to run. They're going to want to run the ball more. And Demarco Murray's the guy there. So I'm still all about Demarco Murray. I'm still not all about Derrick Henry. I'm still not probably drafting Derrick Henry in any of my leagues because he won't be there in the second round, which is where I kind of want to take him. I think right now I have him as like my 12th ranked rookie, but again, I'd probably go somewhere else right around there uh, instead of taking Derrick Henry. To me, I just don't see the fantasy production I'm looking for in a first round pick. Again, like I said, the best ability is reliability, and I'm not going to be able to rely on Derrick Henry on a consistent basis. So I'm just not taking him. And that's it. That's what it boils down to. So moving on to the draft, we had. Somewhat of a surprise, but his name's been a hot name for a little while now, building up to the draft. That's Kenyon Drake, the backup there to Derrick Henry and kind of spelled TJ Yeldon and Derrick Henry. There's not tons of tape on Kenyon Drake. You know, he only had 233 carries for 1,495 yards and 18 touchdowns. Good for a 6.442 yards per carry, but that's his entire collegiate career. He's more of like a gimmick guy that kind of, Came in there, spelled things, did some punt returns. He caught the ball well, 46 catches, 570 yards, and four touchdowns. But, again, he runs a 4-5-40. Four, four, uh, but if you're a JHI owner, you're pretty happy about this because Kenyon Drake doesn't overly worry me there. He's, still, he's not my number two dynasty, number three dynasty running back. Now, if you're a Drake this does help Drake's, Drake's dynasty outlook and value because him going in the third round and being the third running back off the board clearly means that the Miami Dolphins like him and they will use him. And I think they don't, you can't just trust JHI to be a three down back. So I think Kenyon Drake's going to cut into his carries. But again, where does Drake go now in your rookie draft? I'm saying second round, maybe high second round because of just opportunity alone. But if you're best news for this is JHI owners, because I'd take JHI over Kenyon Drake. So let's talk about the other couple guys here in the draft. Let's talk about Deontay Carew. Big fan of Deontay Carew. Big fan. Like his game, like his talent, first down, first round rookie pick in my eyes. Until now. Carew goes to the Miami Dolphins. And that's just not good. 
Actually, that's terrible. Okay. You have Adam Gase there. They're going to want to throw the ball more. But you got Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker. Two really, really good receivers. Two really, really good young receivers. So that puts Leonta Crew at best as a wide receiver three. And I think Gase, who likes the tight end, is going to utilize Jordan Cameron more. So where are the targets at for Leonte Carew? I think he's a great receiver. I think he's going to help the Miami Dolphins. But I don't think over the next four years he's going to overly help my fantasy roster. Again, Devontae Parker's the number one. Jarvis Landry's a football catching machine. So that puts the Carew in the three spot. I don't want a wide receiver three on an NFL roster on my dynasty team. If I take Carew for long-term value, yeah, I'll take him there in the second round. But for me, honestly, this almost pushes him off my board. It's kind of depressing, actually, because I'm a really big Carew fan of his talent. But situation there, any of Ryan Tannehill's who's still kind of up in the air, I'm just going to pass. I'm going to say no thanks to uh, Leontay Carew. I'd much rather take Mike Thomas. Again, now Mike Thomas went in the sixth round. But he goes to a really good spot. He goes to the L.A. Rams. Now, Mike Thomas has to develop in NFL, but so does Jared Goff, and so do the Rams as a whole. Who's Mike Thomas's biggest competition? Devon Austin and Brian Quick? I like Mike Thomas's chances. I'm willing to gamble high in my second round still in Mike Thomas because I like his tape. I like what he did. Yeah, he's a late-round receiver, but again, the tape, the tape showed me enough where I believe in Mike Thomas, and I think he's in a really good spot. The Rams need receivers, they need playmakers, they need weapons. And Mike Thomas is that he's 6'1", 200 pounds. Who knows how much longer Brian Quick's going to last year. Tavon Austin, I know he came on last year, but I'm still not buying on that that bandwagon either. So Mike Thomas, really like his landing spot there. like it a lot, actually, with the Rams. Uh, I know Matt mentioned uh, Moritz Boehringer from Minnesota, the kid from Germany. Matt was talking about him last week or the week before. Uh, So I'd love to see him get drafted by the Minnesota Vikings there in the sixth round, the fifth pick in the sixth round. It was a real cool moment because I was watching the NFL Network. Yes, I watched the draft all seven rounds, every pick. I watched it all. I'm a junkie. I need my my draft picks. Let's get a little high. And uh, Mike Mayock was talking to Mobo saying, hey, I know. Mike Zimmer. You know, I know their GM. I'm good friends with them. And he's like, I'm going to tell them to draft you. Sure enough, Mike Mayock gets a phone call during a commercial break, and next pick they make, they take Mobo. Now, the kid's from Germany. He's never played a college down. He's never played football in college. He never played football anywhere except for Germany. He didn't even know what football was until he turned 17 and he saw Adrian Peterson play. His favorite team, the Vikings. And he gets drafted by him in the sixth, sixth round. The kid's big, and he's fast. He needs a lot of work. But again, in Minnesota, with Norv Turner, I like his chances to develop. He's a nice, good sleeper pick. He might be able to get in the third or fourth round of your rookie draft. That might be worth a gamble on. Real raw, needs a lot of work, but the talent's there. The kid's a beast athletically. And I know Matt liked him a lot, and he was on his sleeper wire. And I think it's a good landing spot for him as well. Him and Laquan Treadwell and Stephon Diggs would make a really nice receiving core if he could put it all together. Uh, Other receivers out there to take notice of, 
nobody that's overly that I'm overly in love with. I mean, Rashard Higgins goes to the Browns, but they took five receivers. Who knows where that's going to pan out? Still like Rashard Higgins, not overly fast, but a really good route runner. Uh, and Cleveland needs receivers, so he's in a really good spot. But it did take four other, three other receivers ahead of him. You know, Jordan Payton they took ahead of him, uh, for example, and Ricardo Lewis they took ahead of him. But again, he's in a really good spot. And let's talk about some of these tight ends. Hunter Henry, fourth pick in the second round, going to the Chargers. Excellent spot. Excellent spot for Hunter Henry. Uh, a lot of mock drafts had him going there, and rightfully so. He's the heir apparent to Antonio Gates, and we all know with a tight end, Phillip Rivers can utilize the tight end very, very well. He's a pass-catching tight end, and this is a great spot for Hunter Henry. I think this could push Hunter Henry into the very end of your rookie draft. I think Hunter, I take a Hunter, Hunter Henry at 112, and that's where I have him, 111, 112 right now on my big board. I think it's a great spot. You know how I feel about tight ends. You want ones that can get, make a difference, and Hunter Henry falls in that category. We talk about this tight end class being really weak, and there's some really intriguing prospects the more I delve into it after the draft. I mean, you got Hunter Henry in the Chargers, who's the clear-cut number one in my eyes. You got Tyler Higby, who went to the Rams. Again, he's a pass-catching receiver, and he's a receiving tight end, and they don't have a lot of weapons there in L.A. So I think Tyler Higby in a, with the Rams is a really good spot. He went there in the fourth round, 12th pick in the fourth round. Somebody that I'm targeting. You have Nick Vanette went in the third round from Ohio State to Seattle. He blocks, and there's not a lot of tape on him, but they like him there. A lot of good re- reports coming out of there. So Nick Vanette is a tight end you could probably draft in the fourth round of your rookie draft. And with Jimmy Graham being a huge question mark with those patella tendon ter- tears, really hard to kind of say, hey, he's going to come back from that. No receivers, no player really has ever come back from that for high success. There's another tight end that I really, really like as well. I'm going to go into detail why I like him here. But before I do that, let me go over a couple things here. First, we had an MFL 10 giveaway, so we had to give that away. Uh, we did have two spots to give away, but only one person got it right. Only one person picked Joey Boza to be the third overall pick. And that was Joe Mulehouse. At Mulehouse, congratulations. You won the next MFL 10 giveaway. So... That gives us with three winners so far to compete against me and Matt in the MFL 10, which leaves us only seven spots left. Seven spots left in the MFL 10 giveaways. So we're ready to give away two more spots in the MFL. So if you want to compete against me and Matt and Joe Mielhaus and Joan O'Neill and Ryan Trozen for an MFL 10 to win, for your chance to win $100, Here's how you're going to do it. Here's our next contest. We have to give some love out to our Facebook followers. Now, if you don't like us on Facebook, well, now's your chance. Get on Facebook and like Dynasty Nerds. It's that simple. Like Dynasty Nerds, just go on our page and just write a comment. Write why you like the site. Write why you like the podcast. Write why you like me. That's what I really prefer, to be honest with you. Just get on Facebook. Write anything about the site on the site's page. I'll go through, back through, look at them all. I'll like all the comments, and I'll pick two people out of there randomly. Again, random number generator, and we'll pick two winners, announce them on next week's podcast. So all you have to do is go on Facebook, like us on Facebook, and write a comment on our page. Again, why you like the site, why you like the podcast, uh, anything that has to do with the show, anything that has to do with the site. And 
We'll pick a random winner. It doesn't have to be long. doesn't have to be fancy. Just get on there and let us know you're there. Uh, when we're doing these giveaways, we kind of want to reach out to all the branches that people support the site. Because, again, we really appreciate you guys supporting the site and the podcast. And, again, you could do that via Facebook by liking us. You could do that by buying a Dynasty Nerds T-shirt on the website. Again, the Tri-Blend shirts are the most comfortable shirts you'll ever wear. And what's better than showing up to your rookie draft, honestly, than wearing a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt? Again, let these people in your league know that you mean business, that you take this Dynasty fantasy football very seriously, and you're there to win. And that t-shirt, honestly, will say it all without you even opening your mouth. And you'll look damn handsome or damn beautiful with it on. Guarantee. That's a Rich Dots guarantee, folks. And, of course, we have the donate page on the site. I say I can't say it enough all the time. If every one of you guys that listen would sign up, say you donate a dollar a month, pack 50 cents a month, we'd be able to pay more writers. We'd be able to give, pay our writers more money and get you know more work out of them and do way better things with the website and do more giveaways. It's, it'd be tremendous. Again, every dollar that comes into the site goes right back into the site. I've literally we've been I've owned this site now and been doing the podcast for two and a half years. Haven't made even five cents on it, man. And I haven't taken a dime. And all goes right back into it again. I'm just all about giving you guys the best dynasty content we could possibly give you. So get on Facebook, do that. Like us on Facebook. Of course, if you want to support the site for free, we really appreciate it. Everybody can get on iTunes and give us a rate and review. That helps us again tremendously. That gets a podcast out there for people that can't find it. Puts us amongst the top of the charts. Uh, the more ratings reviews you get, we have a lot of them. We can always use a little bit more, so please rank and review us on iTunes as well. So we'll give it, be giving away the next MLL 10s next week. Pick some Facebook winners, and then we'll have a new contest to give away two more. Kind of want to fill these out here pretty quickly in the next uh, couple of weeks. So we'll pick two winners from the Facebook, and it may have somebody writes a really glowing thing on Facebook that makes me have goosebumps. Maybe I'll just pick them as a winner just for the heck of it. We'll give away three since we only gave away one this week. Also news, again, if you have not signed up, if you paid and bought a ticket for September Madness, for September Madness 1.0, then log in. If you never got your invite, please, I've sent them out four times. Write me, uh, send me an email, rich at dynastynerds.com, or get on me. Get with me on Twitter at Dynasty Rich or you hit up the site at Dynasty Nerds. But let's get logged in here so we can get these drafts started for September Madness 1.0. And I say 1.0 because that's right. As of yesterday, we launched September Madness 2.0. September Madness filled out in 24 hours and a lot of people missed out. So we launched another one. If you want your chance to win $800, Sign up for September Madness. Just go on DynastyNerds.com, click on the contest, and buy your ticket to get in. I think there's only, like, as of today, I just put it up yesterday, there's only, like, 40 spots left of the 64. So if you want your chance, if you missed the first opportunity on September Madness, make sure you get on there and buy yourself a ticket. If you already bought a ticket for the first September Madness, why not double your odds and buy another ticket? I mean, dude, all you got to do is beat six teams, and you win $800. If you beat five teams, you win $300. If you beat four teams, you win a Dynasty Nerds Tri-Blend t-shirt. Oh, man. That's, that sounds so good to me. I don't know about you guys, but again, quick breakdown, September Madness, what it is. 
64 team bracket. You don't have to beat 64 teams. There's 16 teams in each bracket conference. So all again, all you have to do is beat six teams. Playoffs start week one. Week one, you have a matchup. Okay? You play a team. It's best ball. So it automatically starts your best lineup. 12-man rosters, one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, and a tight end. No kickers, no defenses. It will automatically start your best lineup for you. That's what best ball is. So you draft your team. You don't touch it again. You just follow along. We'll be tweeting out the results every single week. But you start week one. You beat, beat, beat week one. All of a sudden now, instead of 64, there's 32 teams left. And there's only eight left in your conference. You win week two. You go down to week three. Week four will be your conference championship game. You win that, you win a t-shirt. Then you, the two conference champs face each other. You win that, you go to the finals, guaranteeing you a minimum of $300. So sent, again, you beat six teams in a row, you win $800. That's September Madness. Buy-in's $20. You can buy your ticket on DynastyNerds.com, click on Contest, and get your ticket. Again, the last one sold out in 24 hours. We announced it on the podcast, so now we're announcing this one on the podcast. I'm expecting it to fill out pretty quickly as well. So if you bought a ticket already, feel free to buy another one. And if you didn't, now's your time to get on it. So that's it. That's all the sales and pitching I had to do for the show. Sorry if I bored you there for a minute. But hey, got to support the website, man. DynastyNerds.com. Can't be the number one Dynasty fantasy football site in the world without your guys' help. So before I went into this spiel, I was talking about a tight end I really like. And that tight end is Austin Hooper, drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, third round, 18th pick. Now, what I like about Hooper is he catches the ball really, really well, okay? He's a pass-catching tight end. And there's nobody there to offset Julio Jones. I'm not sold on Mohamed Sanu. Justin Hardy's a slot guy. And guess what? Kyle Shanahan likes the tight ends. He likes to utilize the tight ends. And tight ends have thrived under Kyle Shanahan's offense. I mean, you have Jordan Cameron in 2014 at a career-high 17.7 yards per reception, all right? In 2013, in just nine games, Jordan Reed had 45 catches. And Fred Davis had a good, really good year that year as well in 13 under Kyle Shanahan. Before that, Owen Daniels playing for the Texans in his first year under Kyle Shanahan's offense has 70 catches for 862 yards. Kyle Shanahan likes to utilize the tight end. And Austin Hooper finds himself in Atlanta, who's been desperate for that tight end since Tony Gonzalez left. So you have Austin Hooper in Atlanta, who is now my number two dynasty rookie tight end. And you need to get yourself a share of Austin Hooper, okay? Whether it be mid to late second round of your rookie draft or very high third. I recommend taking him in the second round if you have multiple second round picks. Again, this is a tight end that I think will find success. How quick he finds it, who knows? Tight ends take two to three years, but I'm willing to gamble on Austin Hooper. Uh, again, he's behind Hunter Henry, but he's 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 up in there. So I have a Hunter Henry for tight ends, then Austin Hooper, then Tyler Higby. All right, those are my top three dynasty rookie tight ends and all shares that I really want. You know, I'll gamble on Nick Bonnet. I still like Ben Braunecker. and But those three to me are the clear-cut top three dynasty rookie tight ends in my eyes. Then you have also have Jarrell Adams, lands in a really good spot, who's taken the sixth round with the New York Giants. They need a tight end. So Jarrell Adams falls into the number four spot. Again, another really good tight end 
and in a really good position. So he'd fall in that four spot. I'd take him in the head of Nick Bennett, personally. So if you're saying four, Terrell Adams falls in right behind Tyler Higbee for me. And I want to talk about another couple other guys here that were drafted here before we get off and before we start getting a couple uh, in-depth analysis in the future episodes here. Now, the running back class, not all of them landed in really good positions, but besides Ken Dixon, there's a couple guys I do like landing spots. I like Paul Perkins with the Giants. I think Paul Perkins is a good spot. Again, there's no really clear-cut number one running back there that you have to be overly worried about, and I think Paul Perkins slides in there pretty well. Again, I think he's somebody that I could, you know, you got taken in the fifth round, but I think somebody that's going to contribute year one. I think he's going to catch a decent amount of balls there in New York. And then you have C.J. Proceis. He went in the third round, 27th pick overall in the third round to the Seattle Seahawks. And now the Seahawks situation is interesting, all right? Seahawks actually took two backs. Alex Collins, who's somebody who we've been really big on in the fifth round, and C.J. Proceis in the third round. Now, Seattle's already come out and said that C.J. Proceis is their third down back, all right? And people will say, oh, Thomas Rawls, Thomas Rawls. Well, is Thomas Rawls' injury worse than we think? I don't know, and I, I don't really think so. If you, if you said, hey, Rich, you have to pick one Seattle back right now. Who are you taking? I'm taking Thomas Rawls. Again, this guy averages, I think he had to, again, he averaged the most yards after contact before getting hurt last year. He was a good running back last year. I don't think it was a fluke. Fluke. And I think this is more along the lines of Seattle kind of hedging their bets and making sure they're in a good position running the football. I mean, we can't trust Kristen Michael. This is a guy they cut last year. But Seattle's a run-first football team, and they want to do that with Thomas Rawls, but who knows if he can last. So they're going to ease the load a little bit with C.J. Proceis as a third down back. And they also are bringing Alex Collins, who's a really good running back, to see what they can get out of him as well. I still think Thomas Rawls is the man there. And again, I think Thomas Rawls kind of falls into the category of buy low. I'm putting feelers out for Thomas Rawls. I like CJ Proceis there. But again, he only did it one year in Notre Dame. He catches the ball well. Seattle's already come out and said he's their third down back. Could be the future there as a three down back? Possibly. But again, I still like Paul Perkins more than I like CJ Proceis. That's just me, personally like him there but Procise value definitely jumps up here uh i'd probably take cj Procise ahead of kenyon drake as well but alex collins i'm not going to rule him out alex collins is going to drop in your rookie drafts but he should but again he's just buried on the depth chart you got Kristen michael there no lock but they did resign him thomas rawls is penciled in number one cj Procise is a third down back so that leaves alex collins with limited carries uh Probably would need a Thomas Rawls injury, him to go in there and play really well for him to have a good fantasy outlook, at least for 2016. Uh, so Seattle there definitely had added some running backs to it. A couple of running backs. Another running back I like here later that was taken in the seventh round, Keith Marshall. Seventh round, 21st pick towards the end of the draft. Uh, stud running back before he got hurt. But again, I'm not sold on Matt Jones. I'm not. I'm not really too big on him. I mean, his fumbling, his injury history, I don't see him as a three-down back. I'm not buying that train. So I think Keith Marshall is a really good sneak play 
that could end up being a later drafted running back that could have some success and have some good opportunity. Uh, so if you're talking about running backs that are in a good opportunity, they're in a good position. Keith Marshall, Washington. Jordan Howard in Chicago, who was taken in the fifth round out of Indiana. DeAndre Washington, taken in the fifth round. The fourth pick in the fifth round by Oakland. Good spots. Not good spots? Devontae Booker, taken in the fourth round in Denver. Denver's come out and said, hey, they're going to give this guy some carries. But look at him to be the Ronnie Hillman running back. Third down back that can catch the ball. So Devontae Booker still holds the value. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to you know, get some fantasy value in that, from that standpoint. So still probably be a high second-round pick in your rookie drafts. Again, 24 coming off a knee injury. There are some worries there. Not going to be the starter. They just paid C.J. Anderson. So C.J. Anderson is going to be the man there. So Devontae Bark Booker, though, will be somebody that you could draft and probably get production out of year one. It maybe finished as like a running back three. Maybe possibly if it run, works out right. Definitely with their quarterback situation, maybe they run the ball more as a low-end running back two on a strictly PPR basis. So Devontae Booker still a good gamble there. Jonathan Williams gets drafted in Buffalo, and that's just a killer. They got Shady McCoy there. They got Carlos Williams, who looked terrific last year as well. So he's a clear-cut third running back there. Until Shady leaves, Jonathan Williams is going to be buried on your bench or an injury or two. So Jonathan Williams still probably late-round, second-round rookie grade, but his, his draft position really hurts him a lot. Kind of falls in that Leontay Carew kind of category. So, again, DeAndre Washington, good spot. Uh, Keith Marshall, good spot. Jordan Howard, good spot. So I'm sure I'm missing a ton of guys. We have tons of guys to keep talking about. But that's the show for this week. Those, that's my rookie recap on the Dynasty draft or the, the NFL draft. A lot of guys there I like. But, again, I kind of feel like as, as a whole, talking about the draft for a Dynasty perspective, that this draft kind of put it back in its place, where this draft class isn't terrible. The top end of it's pretty good. But after that, you have a lot of mediocrity. Uh, I'm trying to get up into the top six, top seven picks. I know I didn't mention Will Fuller at all, too. Sorry. Forgot to mention Will Fuller. Texans took Braxton Miller, and they took Will Fuller in the first round. Uh, they trade up for Will Fuller. Will Fuller was the second receiver taken. He Again, he's somebody that could help an NFL team. He's not going to help your fantasy football team. I do not recommend drafting him. He's got small hands, drops 10% of his balls. I don't trust Brock Eisweiler there. They drafted Braxton Miller. I like Braxton Miller. I'd rather Braxton Miller than Will Fuller. Again, Will Fuller will help the Texans. I don't really see him helping your dynasty team. Runs one route. He's a girl route. He's Ted Ginn, okay? He's Ted Ginn Jr. If you love Ted Ginn Jr., draft Will Fuller. It's that simple. Kind of like we said, don't draft Philip Dorsett last year. Same thing about Will Fuller. If you like Philip Dorsett, you like Will Fuller. If you like Ted Ginn, you like all the above. Speedsters. We'll start calling you Al Davis out there. Uh, but that's why I didn't mention him, just because he's not on my board, essentially. I've taken Will Fuller off my board for a while now. I have no interest in owning any Will Fuller shares anytime whatsoever but uh i'm sure i'm missing guys but hey we're gonna break down these guys by position next week we're gonna get into the running backs in depth rank them down pros cons 
why you should draft them, where we have them on our big board, get to it. Make sure you get to DynastyEarns.com in the meantime for all our articles, our rookie rankings, our rookie ADP, and our dynasty ADP. All free. Free. The key word is free. Love that word. So make sure you go to DynastyNerds.com for your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty. We have a forum with a great community on there as well. Get on there. Get better at Dynasty. That's what we're here for. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Dynasty Rich. So if you have any questions about any of these rookies or anything to do with Dynasty football or anything at all, even if it's Kevin Smith, that's my Kevin Smith reference, who actually liked one of my tweets. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, So there's that. Follow at Dynasty Nerds. And, again, get on the September Madness. Get on those T-shirts. Get on some donations to the site. We love you guys. We'll be back next week to kick off these rookies' in-depth analysis. Until then, enjoy yourselves. Warm weather is upon us. Later. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at DynastyNerds. 